Take the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. It is Monday of Thanksgiving week. Uh, it is 4:22 here on the West Coast. 4:22 exactly local time. Um, so there's some good college games going on today. The rest of the day, I think UCLA Creighton might be happening right now. Tate, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin Baylor a little later. Your Tar Heels playing at Stanford. At Stanford. Uh, but we're going to record the podcast anyway. Tate has to Tate has to get on a flight, go back home for Thanksgiving. All right, let's introduce ourselves. Tate Frazier sitting across from me. My What's name's up, Mark bro? Titus. Producer Kyle's in there. He's ready for Thanksgiving. He's Kyle is definitely asleep right now. He had a big birthday weekend, and we're not even sure he's alive. So if you hear some things this week and you're like, wow, I can't believe they got away with that. I can't believe I can't they believe, were allowed yeah. to say that. Like, was there any editorial judgment there? It's because producer Kyle's asleep, and we get to say what we want. So this is going to be a special bag edition of One Shining Podcast. we got a lot to say, a lot to talk about. We do. We uh, So we, we did a podcast on Friday, and the concern Tate and I met yesterday I uh, came over to Tate's place to do some laundry. I love how you as if we had like this we had great meeting. meeting. <laughs> well, like you, sounds, had, dude, you had to do your laundry. That's, what, that's like what respectable programs do. Like if you have a good, you know, like if you're a high level podcast, you're not just two guys talking. Like there's there's like some sort of very serious thing going like on. That. Yeah, like yeah. we're doing pre-production meetings and we're, yeah. I had to do my laundry. <laughs> the place I'm, I'm staying at out here does not have a laundry facility. Tate had one. So I went over to his place. We were talking. We said... What are we gonna gonna pot about? Like mm. there, there hasn't really been a ton going on in college basketball. And then I'll be damned, college basketball delivered. There's that, stuff to talk about. There's so much to talk about. And we said this. I mean, we had the pot on Friday, and people forget that we did have the pot on Friday. You can go back and listen, just hit the previous button. But right now, Sunday, we op- we just turned on the TV Sunday. There's NFL games on. I'm having to watch all these NFL games, but we came across a great game, and uh it was our boy. Mr. Chris Collins and the Northwestern Wildcats. We're getting into it. Taking on Chris Beard and Texas Tech. And when we turned on the game, it was 23-5, to I believe. It was 23-5, to yeah. Texas Tech was ahead. Chris Beard doing great things. Does not have a beard despite the last name. But Chris Collins just looks shook. And should we just get into our segment? Are you ready to do it? You want to just lead it off with, with good guy, bad guy? And we should say that it's it used to be good guy, bad guy, bad guy. So it was three. But people were getting confused between the bad guy and the bad guy. We should spell this out. It's B A G guy, bad guy. Yeah, we so had, good guy, bad guy. At one of our production meetings that we had, we have of which there are many. So many. We uh, so many celebrities. We discussed just how those. it's impossible to tell the difference between bad guy and bad guy. And those of you that are just listening said, "I, I didn't hear the difference right there when you said it." <laughs> um, and uh, so the first time we had the bad B A D guy was Bruce Pearl. Mm-hmm. We're, getting, I, we're getting rid of the bad guy. And I kind of like that he's our only, he's the bad, only bad guy bad ever guy. in history. You know, like I kind of like that he's the one-off. History will show that he's the only one. Congrats, uh, Bruce Pearl. So the new segment is just good guy, bag guy, B-A-G guy. guy. And again, we were worried, Tate. We said to ourselves, we know who the good guy is. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Chris Collins. Yes. Which, by the way, if you're a new listener, Tate and I do not talk hot seat. No. We, we as college basketball media, we do not like to say that guys deserve to be fired or anything like that. The way we do it is we want to compliment them. We're not really sure how because they're a terrible coach right now, so we just say they're a good guy. And let's be honest. If you have a car with seat warmers, you probably got a good job. And you're yeah. pro- if you're in a hot seat, you're probably doing pretty well. Like you're driving your Lexus back from the I like, office. I like how you, yeah, yeah that's a good, so good little spin hot seat's there. pretty dumb. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. So, uh, good guy, bad guy. Our good guy. Uh, I'm gonna actually step in and and do a token mention of this guy as a good guy. This was the good guy I was gonna offer up of the week. Your boy Danny Manning. 
He he needs to get some good guy. And and you're looking at me right Stop now. Stop this. You're looking at me right now saying, I, I said this to Tate off the air. Friend of the I program, said, Danny Manning. I said this to Tate off the air. I was like, Danny Manning might be a good guy. And he goes, no, don't do Danny Manning. He's, he's like actually a good guy. And I was like, that's the whole point, Tate. He's a good guy. <laughs> I like bad guys more so than good guys. So Wake Forest is currently sitting at one and four. Yes. They've lost to Georgia Southern. Mm. They've lost to Liberty. They lost to Drake, who started at the bottom. Not the rapper. They start, the Drake school. started at the bottom. Now they're beating Wake Forest. Uh, and they just lost to Houston. Kelvin Sampson, who's a bad guy. Bad guy Kelvin Sampson. We should do bad guy just this week so we can do Kelvin Sampson, <laughs> just so he can be also in there. But So your boy, do you want to defend yourself? I'm going to give you the... Yes, the, I will defend Danny Manning, and I will defend Wake Forest basketball, because right now, they're in a weird spot. They thought, and people forget, John Collins now plays for the Atlanta Hawks, leads the NBA rookies in PR okay. at does the Does not moment. play for Wake Forest. Yeah, so. does, not, does not play for Wake Forest. Irrelevant. He basically had an amazing sophomore season last year, took the ACC by storm, basically, and now he's in the NBA. He left a year early. They did not think that they would lose John Collins. Now they're trying to replace him with Sean J. Brown. Mm. I think he's a freshman, uh, or he is a freshman. And then they have Melo Eggleston is another freshman that came in. So they, they got young guys, yeah. and they got Randolph Childress' kid, Brandon Childress. He's a sophomore. He's still finding his role. So what I'm saying is that they're young, Titus. Give the man some time. That's great. So they're the only program in the country that has guys graduate or go to the NBA. That's That's wild. It's and, a wild problem to hey, have. Hey, and let's say this. They, saw that they played the toughest team in the tournament in the playing game, and Kansas State and Wake Forest both should have been in the tournament last year. It shouldn't have been the, the playing game. And they played Wesley Awundu, Dude. who's also in the NBA. So Spin Zone says that you're wrong, you Titus. are You are drinking the Kool-Aid, my friend. The, the Kansas State was the best team. In the, what did you just say? No, those are two your, great teams that should be in the tournament last year. They had to do the playing game BS. You know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah, so you're, so you're basically arguing that... I'm basically arguing good, that Wake Forest got, <laughs> did not get a fair shake last season when they had the talent around them. And right now, you're coming at a man that's you're just mad, a good guy. You're mad that they had to play good teams in the NCAA tournament, yes. which I feel like most teams probably do. Look, I wish that they could have played Wichita State. That's what I wish. I think they, that would have been a different They have outcome. to replace guys because they graduated and went to the NBA. No, it's a, you have okay. a plan with guys. When you're when you're a good coach and a good man like Danny Manning, you have a plan. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, but I, I will. luckily for you, there's an even better guy out there right now, and his name is Chris Collins. Thank God. And we'll get to Thank this. Thank you, is, Chris. You've been licking your lips for 24 hours, like waiting to talk about Chris Collins. And well, because we talked about this on our preview pod for people that didn't know. Uh, Chris Collins, they got to the mountaintop, and now... You know, it just riding back down to the bottom. And, you know, that's where good guys go to die, basically. And this good guy didn't have anything at the end of the game. They were almost, they were going to lose by 40 points. Let's, and they had the ball. We're going to talk about later. Let's I, get I'm, some context to what yeah. happened for those who didn't see the game. The final score is 85 to 49, I believe. Yes. Uh, Texas Tech beat Northwestern, who was ranked 20th in the country. Um, Erroneously so. So, Northwest, first of all, I don't know if you saw that, caught this, because uh, we turned the game on late. I went back and rewatched it. Northwestern had a technical foul to start the game. Before even time went off the clock, Northwestern was losing one to nothing because they did not submit their starting lineup in time. And and, and guess what that comes down to, Titus? Coaching. <laughs> Chris Collins, are you kidding me? You can't turn in your it roster. Was, so when the ball what are you doing? when the ball tipped off, it was one to nothing Texas Tech. And Texas Tech literally led for every second, led for infinity seconds of that game. And they they yeah, I don't even know how to put it into words. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's melting my mind. I can't even think straight. Chris Collins, his whole life, he's been wanting to be a star, right? He had his due career in short with an injury. Like Coach K always wanted him to have this primetime moment. He never had it. Last year, he finally, he's been working to this moment. He's just like, I want to get this Northwestern team to the tournament. He mm-hmm. finally gets him there. He finally gets the spotlight. 
and he and he catches the disease. He, it's the disease of more. He has too much. Like to, to him, he won a title already. When really they just made the tournament. So Northwestern in the first half, uh, Scotty Lindsay is like basically the only guy doing anything. They yes. got the guy off the bench, Falzone, uh, mm-hmm. who was scoring. But Scotty Lindsay was the only Northwestern person to score until there was eight minutes and seventeen seconds left in the first half. So they played almost twelve minutes, and only one guy scored from Northwestern. Well, when you have a guy like Brian Mac- McIntosh on your team, who's supposed to be your star. And you're a coach, and your job is to draw plays to get guys shots. Now, hold on, Tate. Come on. McIntosh, I don't like to bust this excuse out all the time, but McIntosh had the look of, like, the my girlfriend just dumped me type thing going on, which is, like, very convenient. A lot of guys like to pull that one out. We had, you know, like, I had, it was a lot of stress in in the classroom or something. Like, a lot of guys love that. (laughs) I'm not hearing it. You got the girlfriend thing. You got the... Um, I don't know. There's always like something going on with these. You know what you say if you're Chris Collins? Hey, Brian, lock it up. Lock it up. Brian McIntosh was very uh, lethargic. The entire team was lethargic, and that was like kind of the shocking thing was that for for all the for all the times we like to roll our eyes about the I I kept saying the hunter versus the hunted thing Mm -hmm. jokingly, and then I'm watching the game and I was like, damn, I think that's actually what's going on here. It's like Northwestern, Texas Tech wanted to kill Northwestern. Like those guys. First of all, that team is good. They're really They're good. very, very good. They're we had very the people long when we were laughing about the fact that Texas Tech was yeah. like, wait till you see the Texas Tech team. Yeah. This is just the start of more. I mean, to be fair, like everybody, every fan base has done that to us. Like I had a guy chirping at me about Iowa State, and they're like, just wait. Wait till you see Iowa State. They're going to score a lot this year, and then they, they lose their first Let's game. Let's give Steve like Prohm some credit. He was our first good guy of the season. He turns things around, yeah, they and they, they win, win the Myrtle too. Beach Classic or whatever they end up calling. It used to be the Puerto Rico tip-off, yeah. and they had to go to Myrtle Beach. Congrats to Steve Prohm. So uh, Northwestern has 15 turnovers in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first non-Scotty Lindsay field goal happens with like five minutes and 47 seconds left. Vic Law makes one free throw. He's the only other starter to score in the first you half. You know what makes me other than disgusted about this whole thing is that I know all those players. Yeah. You know, like I'm looking at Texas Tech and like there's like three or four guys that I'm like, oh, I kind of know who that. Like, but the, yeah. the Northwestern team, like I'm you know invested the whole team, in. Yeah. I know all you these know the guys because I, I had to learn about all of them last year in the tournament and they're still doing this to me. Uh, Texas Tech got Seth Greenberg. I, I I saw this. I tweeted. I was with you. I took a picture of your TV. Uh, Seth Greenberg busted out the uh, the Big Twelve tier ranking, which was very exciting because the second best Big Twelve team race is always the reason to watch the Big Twelve. If we're being honest, like and that's it, the thing everyone wants to know. And Seth Greenberg is on it. It's November. It was November nineteenth, and he's already busting out the like where does Texas Tech fit in? Which, by the way, if you missed it, he had it, he had it tiered like this. Kansas is tier one. Mm. Tier 1A. Yeah, not two. <laughs> there are no two. twos here. Just 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. Tier 1A is TCU and Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Tier 2 is West Virginia, Baylor, Texas Tech, and Texas. And Tier 3 is Kansas State. And you're asking yourself, what about... How Oklahoma- do, you're like, how did Kansas State make this list? What about Oklahoma State and Iowa State? I don't know. I don't know if they're tier three A. I don't know if they're tier four. Tier like six B dash four point one. I'm not really sure what tier they fit in. But uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State didn't make Seth Greenberg's tiers, so that's how he sees it right now. So Texas Tech moved. He may up. Not I think know they moved in the up. Big Twelve. I think Texas Tech moved up from tier three for Greenberg to tier two. Mm. Now they're knocking on the door of one A. And I don't, I don't know. It's all very confusing. But that's how the Big Twelve works. That's what that's what we like. So are we concerned about Northwestern uh, moving forward, or is this? Do you want to put on your conspiracy hat and say this was all a ploy to kind of like shed the media thing, and now Northwestern's not the darling. Now everyone's like, well, maybe we were expecting too much of Northwestern. Maybe we should pump off the brakes. So then, come January, they're back in the position of being the hunter and you know being the underdog. 
I think Chris Collins has studied the landscape of college basketball for a long time, and he's tried to figure out who he wants to be. You know, do I want to be another version of Coach K? Do you want? Do I want to be Which, that yes, type of guy? Yeah, of course he does. But also, he's in the Big Ten, and what do the Big Ten? What do they love in your conference? Right? They love the story of Tom Izzo, a team that has all this potential that goes down. And then, and then in, in late February, March, they, they just make yeah. the push because that's what they do. They're Mr. March. And, and make so the Final he, Four and celebrate. And then so that maybe he's trying them. to pull that, but I don't think he's as calculating as that because he couldn't even turn in his own roster before the game. So <laughs> I, I think he's having bigger problems here, and uh, I think it has a lot to do with a, a big head. Well, congratulations, Chris Collins, on being our good guy of the week. And now um, he's going to win four games in a row because he just gave it to him. Yeah. He's, he's going to. That's how it's going to work. Northwestern, everyone's going to count Northwestern out now because they got smoked. They almost lost by 40. Um, they so should they have. have. Chris Beard, come on. So uh, we have a double dip on our bad guy of the week, too. Uh, this was, And that's we were, not a pun on like the, the amount of money or anything with that. Or. We were worried about the bad guy because I, I was, mm. again, we were planning. We were like, I don't know who, like, they're, what, what are we going to do for a bad guy of the week? What are we? And then the college basketball gods always deliver. Uh, today, bowl, bowl. Yes. Am I saying that right? Yes. Is it bowl, bowl? Yeah. Bowl, and it's not bowl. like you're confused and you want two bowl. bowls to eat cereal. No. Manu Bowl's bowl son, son, who is uh, what top five prospect? Eh. We'll say. Well, we'll call we'll him top it. five. Yeah. We'll call it. It makes the story better. It's so great that we have Manu Bowl's kid and Shaq's kid like in the same class yeah. coming out with Sharif O'Neal and Bowl Bowl. So it'll be good for big men. Uh, bowl Bowl committed to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um. Oregon, as you may have heard, has <laughs> ties to Nike. Uh, what? Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, the, so, Bull Bull is the biggest recruit in Oregon history, both probably size-wise and, I think, in terms of, like, talent. I think that that both are true. Um, yeah, that's not even close. And this commitment happens on the same week that the Phil Knight 80th birthday party in Portland. The PK-80? Interesting. The mm. PK-80. Mm. And Phil Knight, Oregon, Nike, Bull Bull... Uh, uh, Do you think uh, that there was like someone that went to Tony Stubblefield and Dana Allman at Oregon and they were like, it was like a Nike exec and he's like trying to suck up to Phil Knight and he's like, I want to be the next guy in line and I got an idea, guys. Mm -hmm. I got this duffel bag and it's not medium sized. It's large. And I got to go drop this bag off to a guy named Bull Bull because I need to give Mm -hmm. Phil Knight a little present. For the PK80, because I don't know what to get him. The guy has everything. That's the Phil Knight present. Cars, got planes. Interesting. He's got everything. But the, what he really wants is a national title for Oregon that's, basketball. That's all he's ever wanted. Or football. Year, yeah, or, or football. football. He, football all, team, that's he's all he's got ever him there to the, He's got him to the Final Four. You know, that's he's got him to the championship wanted. game. Is all he's ever wanted. This is Let, great. Yeah. Let's get him Bull Bull, and let's see if the big man can come back. Because if if Bull Bull goes to Oregon and they start the big man revolution, is Peyton Pritchard running the pick and oh roll God. with Bull Bull? Oh, oh. And they call it the pick and bowl. The pick and bowl. Oh, come on. Just stop it. That's the PK80. Stop it. That's uh, a gift. Well, you were telling me, you know, Bull Bull's story that he grew up. Uh, where... Yeah, so he wrote the. It, all right, everyone. It, everyone writes a Player's Tribune piece. <laughs> That's the thing. You you put everything, you you basically write your own narrative, and then I read it, and I, and I buy yeah. into it, and I believe it. So this is all based on the Player's Tribune. Uh, he basically wrote this whole piece about he grew, he grew up. His first memory, right? He goes and buys LeBron threes with his dad, Manute Bowles. When he was 10 years old, he gets LeBron threes. He puts them on, but they're not big enough because obviously he wears large feet because he's a large kid. Um, but he still wears them anyway, and it was like one of his favorite memories, blah, blah, blah. And that was in you know Connecticut. He moves to Lawrence, Kansas. All the kids are big Kansas fans. He was like, I like to consider myself a troll. 
So I told them all I was a Kentucky fan. So his whole life he's been living in Lawrence, Kansas. I think he ended up going to modern day in California, but when he was young, this yeah. is what's happening. He's uh, he's pulling for Kentucky the whole time. He said he loved Cal, wanted to go to school there. That's his whole thing. And then at some point throughout this whole experience. <sighs> what could have possibly happened? I don't know. I don't know what happened. He said that Tony Stubblefield, the assistant coach at Oregon, their lead recruiter, that is, a lot of these guys, Dylan Brooks, you know, is you one know, of probably the biggest ones. We have a saying where I'm from when things like this happen. <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways, Tate. Exactly. Just the stars align sometimes, and you land that recruit that loved Kentucky and had Kentucky on his final list, and he ends up going to Oregon on the same week as Phil Knight's <laughs> 80th birthday. And it just... Some people, you know, some skeptics might say there were bags dropped. I personally, I just think it's all a coincidence, Tate. I, just I think, think it's it a ha- I think it's called happenstance. The burden of proof is on you. Prove to me that something dirty is going on here. Oregon uh, journalism school. Speaking of which, speaking of journalism schools and bags being dropped, mm. we're circling back yes. to the Michael Porter news yes. where today, tonight, um, you're probably listening to this now. Missouri's game is probably going on as you're listening to this. Uh Missouri plays tonight. They might be playing right now, actually. I think they are, yes. They actually are playing right now. Yes. So um, Mo- Missouri is keeping Michael Porter out of this game. That's not exactly shocking because they've kind of kept him out of all these games because he's got a hip or a leg injury or a toe. It's the Michael Porter Jr. mystery. No one really knows. We're still trying to solve it. Michael Porter Jr. is sitting out this game. He sat out. All, every game except for the first two minutes of the first game. Which is they're, even more suspicious than it was when it first happened now. Yes. Based on everything that's happened since. Because tonight they're saying the game is at home. Mm-hmm. He wasn't traveling with the team. And you could like maybe buy the thing about maybe it's uncomfortable to travel, maybe whatever. This is a home game. He's not even in the arena because he has an appointment, they're saying, with a specialist tonight. And that is in quotations, folks. At, that's not you just saying like say there's like a doctor. It's a specialist. A specialist. Uh so local tip time was 7 p.m. Uh-huh. You're telling me that Michael Porter Jr. could not have gotten an appointment with the specialist at any other time of day except for game day at the exact same time that the, the game tips off. Is that, what you're te- is that what you're telling me, Tate? Are you telling me this? And let's just say this. What sort of specialist has hours to, to take appointments at 7 Ridiculous. p.m.? Ridiculous. Who if, is that? If you're a respected enough specialist to have Michael Porter Jr. as your client, you're 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 calling your own shots. Do you think you're Dr. Saying, I'm James not Andrews is yeah. like I'll take I'll meet you at eight p.m. Yeah, no, but maybe for dinner, absolutely not. Not yeah, for no. not, not to look at you. No, so the, you know Tate and I were kind of the first to to, to be in on this story, and it was sort of a joke. It was tongue in cheek at the time yeah. because you know we do like talking about it's all fun and games. We're all talking about bags here, but. This is not like a Bagley funding game. This is like a let Porter the, Jr. Like, we want to see this kid play. The important thing is let the record show that when everyone else said something's fishy here, they meant we're not really sure what the injury is. When Tate and I said something fishy here, we, we straight up said there's some bags being dropped. That and has you, to be it. And that it has to be. It I, has to be, and it's one of those things where they know the playbook, and they're, and they're not done. You know, like we haven't heard from the FBI in a little while. But yeah. they said they got, a lot, they got a lot to do. So who knows where they are? But I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the Ozarks or if they're in Missouri. They're somewhere. They're figuring it out. So, yeah, good guy of the week. Danny. My good guy of the week was Danny Manning. Uh, Tate's good guy of the week, Chris, Chris Collins. Collins. Yep. Bad guy of the week. Pretty much the entire Oregon. Let's just say Nike. 
Nike. Phil Nike. Knight. Phil Phil Knight. I, but I like your theory that Phil Phil Knight's not in on this. This is no, a gift I don't think Phil, Phil Knight, Knight does. I think that he was like, you know, like he just warmed his heart. Like yeah. He was like, oh, yeah. this is the best week of my life. And also the Michael Porter. I have a feeling Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the bad guy of the week uh, for a little while this season. And guess I what? Like we're going to be guess revisiting what they're this. sponsored by? Hmm. Oh. Interesting. I don't know. Interesting. Hey, let's talk about some specific games. Yeah. Uh, so... The game of the last few days to me was USC went going to Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. uh, winning at ninety three to eighty nine in overtime. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin had thirty five points. Mm-hmm. I felt like of those ninety three that USC scored, he had like ninety. That's kind of how it felt watching that game. He's unbelievable. Uh, he like I, pretty much single handedly won the game for him. And I made all these jokes before the season. I thought that Derek Thornton, which uh, a lot of people I think thought that I was talking about Tyler Thornton, they remember him at Duke. No one remembers Derek no Thornton because he never did anything at Duke. <laughs> but he went to USC, and I thought that he would be their point guard. But Tyler Thornton was the one with the chunky little cheeks. Right? Yeah, he's like, just, yeah, he the, looks like, like a, you know like little, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, like yeah. he'd just be oh, one right, of the other right, ones. Yeah. Like he was basically like Quinn Cook's like punching bag. Right, you know, he was yeah. like I blame you for this. Right. Uh, but Derek Thornton goes there, doesn't even play, and then you have McLaughlin, Boatwright. I mean, they just have this. Three guys that they have that can all make shots and make mm-hmm. plays, but McLaughlin was the main one in this game. And Thornton didn't even play. We don't even get to see O'Bannon Jr. really at all. I think he had like one rebound. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have no bench, but their starting no five is really good. They're not as good as I anticipated coming yeah. into the season. I thought obviously. they were going to have depth. But the thing that stands out to me about USC is so this game, first of all, Van, this was like a, this is not like an embarrassing, you know, like if, if you're not really paying much attention, you see a top 10 team mm-hmm. had needed overtime. They were kind of trailing most of the game. Uh, you might think, what the hell's going on? Why is USC playing poorly? It wasn't really that bad. Um, but if you, the, the reason I'm really not concerned is because, I mean, you have you you might look at this and say, well, McLaughlin carried them. The rest of the guys suck. But that's kind of how this team is designed. Like next game, McLaughlin might suck. Benny Boatwright's going to be the killer. Mm-hmm. You have Elijah Stewart who can score. You mm-hmm. have Metu who can carry the team. He had a good game at the end that's of the like, game. Yeah, yeah. He, he ended up having a pretty decent game. That's kind of how they're... I mean, you, you you watch these teams with all these talent, and you think, like, unless all the guys are playing well together, like, you're kind of... You, you come out... You're like, oh, I'm out on them. I, you know, like, they're not really getting it all together. But, and in college, if you have a guy like McLaughlin that can go out, like, do the whole thing where I can score 30 points and win you a yes. game, that's what you want in the tournament. And the, and the point is, they have, like, a handful of those guys. Yeah. It's just that on this particular night, Boatwright wasn't playing his best basketball he was, he was the third guy he was doing the uh the the nigel hayes syndrome big guy the power forward shooting three he also thing. looked very concerned the whole time like oh i really hope we don't lose this one like yeah. i'm like he was worried but it was out of his control uh so vanderbilt kind of uh vanderbilt played well i mean like they, they really should have won the game but they they kind of showed me something that they're they're a pretty pretty good team i like them matthew fisher davis great hyphenated name there's a lot of hyphenated names that i don't like matthew fisher davis i do and it's not because he's from North Carolina. He's <laughs> it's because he's a baller and he gets buckets. He's he's running from the uh, foul against Northwestern yeah. last year. Uh, but I think that's great now that he's like doesn't even seem affected by that. Yeah, he definitely doesn't. And, he, but he, but to be fair, he doesn't seem affected by anything. Like if there's a criticism about that guy, it's that he just kind of. I like guys like that. That's how I always played when I was actually playing on meaningful teams. Like mm-hmm. so, basically, like my sophomore year of high school, <laughs> uh, that was like the last time. No, when I, I was I was good as a senior, but like that's how I played. Was uh, I don't know. I just kind of like put my head down and like didn't well, want to talk to anybody. To I was just yeah. kind of like whatever. I don't really care. I'm gonna get buckets and you know and nothing really on. phases me. Uh, that's how he plays. He had 31, 11 rebounds. He was hitting everything. That white kid on Vanderbilt was was killing too. Mm-hmm. And then he he started feeling himself a little too much. Uh, Lachance, Lachance, yeah, yeah. Lachance. yeah just, Riley Lachance, just pass it What's to, to yeah, to yeah. Maddie. He started feeling, but he was he was in a little bit, but uh, 
Yeah, the, the other thing that stood out to me, USC has, uh, they have the, I don't know if you noticed, they have the C's on mm-hmm. their jersey for the captains. Yes. I saw it on McLaugh- McLaughlin's jersey first, and I got excited because I, I like the C. I like the uh, the captain C. I think that's one thing that hockey does right. Uh, basketball should learn from that. We need the C's on the jerseys. I just heard but, white noise when you said hockey. <laughs> USC's problem is they have three guys with the C on their jersey. Mm-hmm. How do you have tape? My question to you is this. How can you have and, – and this isn't just USC. Um, every basketball team has, like, multiple captains, and I started realizing, like, this is a problem in basketball. We have multiple captains at these schools. How do you have multiple captains of something? Well, it's, it's, the, it's the participation trophy personified and, and all, all the way up to the college ranks because now you have all these seniors or juniors or whoever it is, and you, you can't pick one. Like, in North Carolina, it's like yeah. Theo and Joel are both the co-captains. Like, you know, it's not just like Theo is the captain or Joel is the captain. I didn't think about it until I, like, saw it spelled out that, like, three guys. Because, like, in hockey, you see the guy wearing a C, and you're like, that's the guy. Yes. That is the guy right yes. there. Everyone's looking at him. Everyone's looking at him. Yes. So then I see it, like, on the chest of the USC guy. I was like, McLaughlin, that is the guy. Mm-hmm. And then later they cut to Benny Bowright, and you're like, and that's the guy? And then you see Metsu, and you're like, and that's the guy. And then you see Andy Enfield's wife, yeah, and you're like, that's, that's the that. gal? <laughs> and it's, all, it's all very confusing. And, I mean, I don't know. how do, And then I started thinking about the bigger picture. I was like, every team has multiple captains. The idea of a co-captaincy makes no sense to me. When, when the Somalians were hijacking Captain Phillips' state, mm-hmm. and the guy says, look at me, look at me, I am the captain. He didn't say, look at me, I am also the captain, but you are the captain, and the guy we're over there the ca- is the captain, <laughs> and we all the captains. And- no. No, that's not what he said. Tate. He said, "I am the captain now." That would actually that'd be, be a, a, that'd be a pretty good movie if they all just were the captain. They just I'm had the a guy. party. Yeah, so you, you need a guy. You need a guy. I don't understand how you have multiple guys. So, um, but I well, do how do you pick? How do you pick the guy? Is my question. I think they should just play knockout, right? Just one day of practice. We just play knockout. We figure out who the captain I don't is. Know. Everyone has to deal with it. Just, uh, but it's, that, it's just that to me is like one thing that always makes amateur sports like stick out from pros. I, I mean, I'm, I talk about hockey, but like basketball, I would never care who the NBA mm-hmm. uh, the captain is on an NBA team. Hockey is just like its own thing. Like hockey just like has its hockey culture. So, but you have these captains in like high school games, and I, I high school it's one. High I mean, school it's yes. like a very big deal to be a captain. Mm-hmm. I was never a captain because I was a shitty leader. Um, <laughs> I was captain on my soccer team and I lost it because I got suspended for four games. But in, in college, you have these captains, and I just—I I guess I just want the captain to mean something again. I don't know. I think they should—that's th- that's an old. They should throw the say. patch in the middle like a jump ball, and then they should all try to fight for it. And then whoever calls first, there you go, you got it. I don't um, know. There's some way to do it. What about uh, so Vanderbilt Arena? We were getting tweets about this as this was going on, and I know that you wanted to talk about this. Your thoughts on uh, just 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 go ahead. Just no. say what you want to say about Vanderbilt's Arena. No, I just think a lot of people underestimate, you know, when they when they see Kevin Stallings at Pitt now, and they're like, how did this guy win games uh-huh. at Vanderbilt, you know? And it's like, well, they have a great home court advantage. The biggest thing that John Calipari and a lot of coaches do with young guys, and like what Kay does with Duke guys now, and even like going to UNLV with their shot, I mean, all these examples, you call out switches, you call out things on defense, yep. you call out help on the backside. I mean, all these little things, a lot of coaches do that, especially assistant coaches are yelling stuff out to guys and the way they have the benches you're on the baseline so at one half you're going to have the you're going to have the situation where you are playing defense where you don't have the bench and you can't yell to them so you're basically out there in no man's land and you're trying to figure it out so if you ever watch Kentucky play at Vanderbilt 
You're going to see a lot of... You're going to see Marcus... Two years ago, you saw Marcus Lee just like a total idiot because he was just like so confused, didn't know what was going on. And that's what was happening in this game, I feel like. This is is why I wanted you to... to, This is why I said I want you to talk because this is like the smartest thing I ever heard you say in your life. (laughs) You said you brought this point up to me last year because we were talking about why Kentucky always loses their Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. And you said because they have a young team. Cal cannot talk to his to his guys. To his to guys. these kids, these kids yes. need to be talked to. Cal cannot talk That's to these kids. That's when they're acting kids. like kids. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Just like I, I was like, oh my god, T sometimes says smart things. So I was allowing you. You the hear that? To, you hear that podcast <laughs> listeners? One for two hundred and fifty. You hear that, mom? <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Um, are you so you you want to? Why don't you take it a step further? Are you going to say Kentucky's going to lose this year, Vanderbilt? I think they will. You know what's funny, by the way, is uh, I, I I heard during, yeah, as you said, Stallings, um, it all just came rushing back. Dane Bradshaw, who played at Tennessee, mm-hmm. you remember him? Yeah. He uh, he was calling the game, the Vanderbilt-USC oh. game, and he had a point where he said, I forget how he phrased it, but he said something like the difference between, or he was talking about like his days at Tennessee when mm-hmm. he would come to play at Vanderbilt, and he was like, you know, the scouting report was they talked a lot, but like if you just kind of hit him in the mouth, they would they be they were soft and he's like but Bryce Drew stepped in and changed the culture and like the way he said it was just I was dying I was like he was basically like saying Kevin Stallings teams bunch like, of pussies yeah yeah Bryce, they acted like, tough but as soon as you much, pushed back it was over that's pretty much like Dane Bradshaw basically was saying like Kevin Stallings is a pussy that's like basically <laughs> what he said in a very roundabout like politically correct way and I was I was loving it obviously I was loving it so. Um, Poor Bryce Drew. We called him our bad guy last week, and this was a big top ten win that he could have had at home. You yeah. know, maybe get Romeo Lankford top recruit. Uh, let's that. not talk that way. Let's not talk like that. That's 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 let's not talk. Maybe that way. let's not speak it into existence. Lavar <laughs> Ball over there. Uh, so the other game that that we we waited to record because we we figured it might be a good game. It was a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wichita State Shockers played the Cal Golden Bears in Maui. Uh, Cal had the game won. Until they didn't. Um, Tate was very heartbroken by this as a Wichita State fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but I'll just say this right now. I, I We were watching the game. Mark Titus is, you know, I, I have some commentary on Wichita State. I always have. I think if you put any D1 program in their uniform, if you put, let's say, Cal. Let's say we switch the uniforms. We put Cal in the Wichita State uniforms. They're not ranked number six in the country. I'll tell you that. There's so, no way. You, if you put the California jerseys on Landry Shamit and you roll those, okay. roll the balls out and you start the game, you would have watched that game and said, wow, these are two pretty mediocre teams playing each other. If Wichita State basketball. had Nebraska jerseys on. Yeah, they're just a run-of-the-mill team. In the same way that his FEMA Kyler's name was Matt Jones, he would not be <laughs> on every single draft board out in the world. You know, It's just like, it's all perception of the way you view things. And I understand that they're the okay. class of the mid-majors and they did make a Final Four in 2014. And this is not to say anything bad about the that team or anything that they've done. But this game right here, dude, stop being stop being nice. Like you were, you hate Wichita State. Just say it. Like you're hedging your emotions over here. I'm not hedging. Just I'm just saying I'm so tired of hearing about it. They're just not. I feel like Virginia Tech would blow them out. I feel like <laughs> Miami would blow them out. I feel. I mean, there's so many teams that I I've watched play that I think would blow them out. But we we also talked about if they were to play Kansas in like a tournament in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Invitational, they'd probably win on some BS. But I don't like this team. I I don't think they're very good. I'm tired of talking about them. This is not okay. a mid-major podcast. Right. This is the top class, top flight program podcast. Get out of here, Wichita. We were number one on iTunes for four days. Yeah. Were, okay. I'm sorry, Wichita, Kansas. Okay. So a few things. Number one, this is a cowardly, <laughs> cowardly stance by you because you know that Wichita State fans are all like 75 years old and 
are not going to be on the internet. Do not listen to podcasts. And you know that this was like a hard. You know that you're going to get no blowback from this. That's not except from college basketball media people who probably don't listen. to And this, that's the thing. Know. Like I'm putting it out there. I mean, you were saying that as soon as I turn and I start loving what I say, then I will become college that's basketball how you, media. Yeah. I don't want to be that. That's I, how I you know. I don't need to. But be that's that. what I'm, I know. That's how you'll know you you sold out is when you're. Fo- I'm not so selling late. out, guys. Number two, when I say I like Wichita State, I've never said that. Name I, one great thing about their let me team say, and the way they play. I gotta figure out how to say this. Yeah, I I think they're gonna win. Is how I like the the thing I would say is like I don't think they're good. I think they win, well, and that sounds absolutely absurd because they get treated like makes, a blue blood. They it get makes treated so much like sense they should to me. get calls. They get treated like they were supposed to win this game against Cal. Viking Jones, if he could draw up a way to break a press. Oh my god, that was bad. So Cal Cal gets out to a huge lead. Uh, Wichita State starts pressing. Um, Cal's press breaker is run two guys to either corner in the backcourt, throw the ball in, let him get trapped, and then throw the ball from one <laughs> corner to the other. What the hell? You got Greg Marshall, by the way, out there like helping with the press. He was like the sixth man on the court. Like he's in the defensive stance, sliding on the sideline, but he's out there because it's it's Maui and the gym's small, so he's like running out on the court, kind of helping with the press. So that's my biggest problem with Greg Marshall, and I didn't even I didn't even think I've ever brought this up before. I hate coaches that aggressively get outside the coach's box. And like mm-hmm. try to make them their presence felt as if they're this big show. Patino is all about it. Calhoun used to be terrible about it at Kentucky. We obviously, I mean, at, at uh, Connecticut, we obviously used to see Coach K is you know the most egregious violator in in history. And he you're, does the same thing as if he is like a top class. Like I know he gets paid all this money, but you're just you're just saying that because every time Roy gets out of the coach's box, he faints. Roy would never <laughs> step outside the coach's box because he respects the game. Every Titus. time he does, he he starts he, he faints or whatever it is. That he has going on. No, he just he has vertigo and he sits <laughs> he down vertigo, and, he, yeah. and he figures it out. And it's always it's always when they're down by twelve at Florida State. Oh and God! Just, no, so awesome. no. And then Ty Lawson hits the runaway jumper to win. So uh, yeah, Cal like has. If you're a coach and you're playing, Cal is on your schedule coming up, and you do not open the game with a press, you should be fired on the spot. I'm calling for your head. You should be fired immediately. Cal Cal's press breaker is offensive to me. It's, and we're talking it's an about, affront to college basketball. We're talking about Cal as if they're going to matter in the landscape they're not, of college they're terrible. basketball. That's how bad Wichita State is. They let we're, Cal be a part Wichita of the Wichita State was a 19-point favorite. Um, I, I actually do think they're a good team. I think they're I they're going to win the Maui Invitational. You know this. This is my whole point. Like, you're, They're not going to do it in a, in a way that you're like, damn, that team is great. They're going to do it in a way that you're like they they won the Maui Invitational still, so I I have to I guess I guess they're good. And by the way, they don't even have Marcus McDuffel, your guy McDuffel bags. McDuffel bags didn't play, and I will say that when he plays McDuffie plays, I guess they're a better team. Shamit did not I impress me today. Shamit was killing. When they made their comeback, he was sitting on the bench. Get out yeah. of here with that talk. I do like that he's not wearing an undershirt this season, but I will say that Shamit was killing. Calm down. Connor Frankamp is the problem. This is the problem with Wichita State is Connor Frankamp is terrible. His hair? <laughs> Connor Frankamp is not good, and he has this reputation as being good because he can shoot every now and then. Mm. Um, and he played at Kansas, and he was like a top fifty recruit. But he's so jealous of Steve Kyle Luke. He doesn't know what to do with he himself. He does not fit the play angry stereotype of Wichita State. He is not Ron Baker. Uh, no. That's that's the problem. I think you figure that out. I think you get McDuffie back. Start pushing Fran Camp like you know. I'm, I'm sure his dad, you know, as we we've said before, is, he's got a notorious helicopter dad, or so I've heard. Still waiting on that article from Seth Davis. Um, we won't be able to read it because it'll be, be <laughs> it'll be behind a paywall, but we'll be sure to figure it out. He, he, I'm sure his dad is like pressing for the minutes, but at some point Greg Marshall is going to have to. Uh, yeah, 
put his foot down. So yeah, uh, Wichita State. I I still think they're fine. Um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, I I will walk back my take that they might be one of the best teams in the country. Which by the way, I never said. I I don't know. I, you I guess said it. I'm softening my language. You I'm trying it. to figure out like what I meant by that. This is the I'm just first, retroactively trying to save myself. I this guess. will be the first time that I ever pull for Wojo. This Marquette team, Marcus Howard, Marquette. Yeah, we're they're they're friends of the program, Marquette University. Their Twitter. We hope that. We, I want to see it. So I'm going to call out Jay Billis, by the way, because uh, I, I just thought about it as they were showing him out. He had a little stubble beer going. Um, never forget, Jay Billis said if Gonzaga made the Final Four last year, he would grow out his beard as long as Karnowski had his beard at Gonzaga. And he's still not done that. So I just wanted to put that out there. All you college basketball fans, perhaps maybe you use a Twitter account. Perhaps maybe you want to tweet that at Jay Billis. Remind him that he, he owes America a long beard and he has not delivered on that promise. Um, he went on national television, and he said, if Gonzaga makes the Final Four, I will grow out my beard that long. And maybe so, stop the gotta-go-to-work stuff just, and do the, I gotta grow a beard. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. your new thing. I just, I just, like, just, I just like men who keep their word. That's all, Tate. I don't really care to see the beard. I just, it's the principle. What school did he go to? Interesting. Oh, that's right. They don't keep their Interesting. word. Uh, so, a few other things you got to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, your boy, Patino. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rick Pitino, uh, he did a little feature here with Jeff Goodman, basically like an update a, a month later, you know, as if like he's some sort of victim in the case here, you know, like what's going on with Rick Pitino after he, after he leaves Louisville, you know, after the board of trustees yeah. thrust him and locked him out of his office and all this stuff. So Rick Pitino, 65 years old. Moved to Miami, you know. That's that's is standard that, that is that is shocking. That yeah, shocking stuff. Rick Pitino in Miami. So he's going to be able to wear all white. <laughs> Check. Uh, he's in Miami right now. Uh, he said that he plans to attend a few upcoming games at Minnesota, where his son Richard, obviously, we've talked about R- little Richie uh, at Golden Gopher games. Uh, he's going to go there. Um, and he's in this situation. He said, if a school come April comes to me in Miami and says, "We believe in you. We believe you are innocent," I would give it a shot. <laughs> He said, I don't care about the money or the salary, Mark mm-hmm. Titus. No. Rick Pitino is trying to posit this as if he's trying to change and do this new chapter of life. He said he called Gary Williams, you know, great Maryland coach that retired in 2011. And Gary told him, you know, you're going to miss practice. You're going to miss having the whistle in your mouth, you know, yeah. and, and talking to these young kids. But you just got to find your next chapter. But Rick Pitino is still doing ESPN articles talking right. about how he wants a job. But he's like, I got to find my next chapter. I. It doesn't, and he it puts doesn't the onus on like all the other athletic directors in to the reach world out to, to, to reach out to him, hire him. It's like I, I'm being blackballed. Damn it! I don't understand why this college basketball community, after decades and decades of scuzzy behavior mm. and just being a sleazeball and getting not very classy, not classy, not classy at all. We like classy guys here on One Shining Podcast. Not classy at all. Why, after decades of this behavior and being involved in a prostitution? ring and being involved in an FBI mm. investigation and all the other shit he has going on and affairs and paying for abortions and on down the line that Rick mm. Pitino has in his long and storied career. Why? And, and then he shows no remorse. Why, why, why doesn't anybody just, you know, give him another shot? I don't understand it, Tate. We all deserve 18 chances, right? It doesn't make any sense. If, if you just told the story of Rick Pitino to someone that knew nothing about college basketball as if he was just a human being yeah. in life, you would think it was the greatest gangster movie you've ever heard <laughs> in your entire life. You'd be like, is that the next Tony Montana? What the hell is that? You're not wrong. I just I would I I just like someone you know like I just want to see someone give the guy a shot. He's uh he's obviously sorry for everything he's done. That's why he's out there saying I'm innocent. I didn't do anything wrong. Um, he's obviously learned a lot, which is why 
he's gotten progressively worse with his behavior as he's gotten older. Um, just give him a shot. What's the worst that could happen? Final line from him. The way I feel today, I'm not going to coach again, but that may not be my feeling in February. Ooh. So we will reevaluate this in February to see where we stand. In February? Why did he say February? I'm not sure, but that's right before March. Why would he say February? Like he, it's like he has some sort of. It's like he knows that there's going to be some sort of do think, job opening. Do you think he, he has his eye on his way into? Because uh, most know. guys would say March or eight. Most most people would say April because that's when the season's over, and then you you kind of see. Watch what, out, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your head on a swivel, Quanzo Martin. <laughs> Rick Pitino is positioning for your job. You got anything else? We we want to do like a rundown. I I just had some notes of stuff. Yeah, just throw, like, throw some just throw some things out there that, that we saw. I, I mean, I'm not really sure how much time we need to spend on this stuff. I saw Ohio Ohio University the Bobcats beat mm-hmm. Indiana State by two in four overtimes. Um, That's pretty interesting. And that was it was interesting because it went to four overtimes. It was also interesting because Ohio was favored by two and they won by two in four overtimes. So like Vegas, like the they five people that had money on that game were probably just that was probably a roller coaster. Um, Duquesne lost to Robert Morris. That's a rivalry game, Tate. The Duquesne Dukes. We're going to check back in on them from time to time. I don't know if you remember. They hired me for a half second. I said no. It's kind of like I'm podcasting with Rick Pitino talking about Louisville games. Yeah. You know, it's like, get over yeah. it. <laughs> I'm just saying, one of my stances, I had I had two things that I stood for at Duquesne. Number one, we were going to beat the hell out of every school in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That includes Robert Morris. That certainly includes the Pitt Panthers. <laughs> I don't know if Carnegie Mellon, Mellon has a team. They do. My buddy played at Carnegie Mellon. Really? Yeah. We would, we would have beat the hell out of them, too. Yeah. Every team in Pitt was going down if I was the coach of Duquesne. And number two, I promised a Final Four berth. And if I didn't deliver on that, I was going to resign. You had my word. I would have put it in the contract. And so far, it looks like they made the wrong decision. They're losing to Robert Morris. I just felt like bringing Did that up. Did you specify the tournament that you would make the Final Four in? or does No, it not NCAA, I was taking them to the Final Four or I was resigning after one year. That was, that was a guarantee. That was the tightest guarantee. And... You know, they they made their bed. Now they have to sleep in it. Lose it to Robert Morris. Mm. That's that's the decision you made. Uh, Western Illinois also beat a team called Calvary. Don't not to be confused with the infantry. They beat Calvary one hundred and two to twenty five. Are we sure Calvary is a school and fields a basketball team? They led fifty three to eight at halftime. Now I, I I know nothing about Western Illinois. I don't want to talk about Western Illinois ever again on this podcast. But they beat a team one hundred and two to twenty five. That's hilarious. It's good for Illinois it's basketball. Good, it's good for Illinois. It's good for the brand. If they could just get those guys from Chicago to commit. To, <laughs> that's the move with any any Illinois team. I don't know if DePaul lost, but I'm pretty sure they did. So Any that, Ill, <laughs> any Ill, team in Illinois that you feel like should be better, you're just like, I just don't get it. Why don't they just get the guys from Chicago? Yeah. And they could turn it why, around. Why won't Anthony Davis just, just go to figure. DePaul? I don't understand. Uh, Texas Arlington. This is actually a, a legitimate thing I want to shout out Texas Arlington. They smoked BYU at BYU. Mm, and that's a tough game. Texas Arlington in the last three years, including this year, so like this year, last year, the year before, they have wins at BYU now, at St. Mary's, at Texas, at Ohio State, and at Memphis. So don't pay them to come beat yeah, you. Yeah, do not pay Texas Arlington <laughs> to come kick your ass. As jo- as our buddy John Rosting would say, that's the epitome of brutality. Mm. Mm, yep, mm. that's a, another mm. Rosting catchphrase. Uh, Kyle Guy dropped 29 at VCU. Our guy. He our should guy. be our guy. Yeah. I want Kyle to be our guy. We should do a segment, uh, good guy, bad guy, Kyle guy. Yeah. Every week. And we just like give a Kyle guy update. Like whatever Kyle guy's, this is what he did this game. This is a Kyle guy update. We have pretty much snubbed Virginia. We have snubbed Virginia. And we know Kim Palm. Kim Palm, we always joke about this. He does like all the advanced analytics for college basketball. Everyone that loves college basketball media and loves talking about college basketball, they like to rely on Kim Palm for the final answer. Yeah. He's always loved Virginia, but they're number seven right now. Their team is 
Ty Jerome, who we love, yeah. and Cow Guy, who we adore. And then you got Devin Hall. Yeah. You got... Uh, we got... <laughs> <laughs> he did it. The Dean Smith of podcasting. He let the F-bomb slip. Take it out, Kyle. Leave that in there, Kyle. Take it Leave out, Leave it Kyle. in there, Kyle. We got Isaiah Wilkins, uh, stepson of Dominique Wilkins, <laughs> senior year. Great guy. Um, they're just a fun team. And then they got this other guy, redshirt freshman that came in, Hunter, who put up 23. Is Jack Salt still on the team? Yeah, and Jack Salt. I forgot Salt. God, love Salt. I, my, my problem with Virginia was I, I I'm think a big fan of this Virginia Kyle guy. This happened to me with Luke May. Is like anytime the white guys start like doing well in a spot mm. where they're not supposed to like lead the team, I think it's kind of funny. And then like the next year comes around, and now they're like the best players, and I still think of them as like it's sort of funny. It's, it's sort of like cute. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Look, he thinks he's a real basketball player. That's yeah. so cute. Ty Jerome waving <laughs> off the Villanova guys. That's just adorable. I was like, well, actually, Ty Jerome, he can play. You can play basketball. Oh, and they're going to be running this whole thing where like they're going to take Salt off the floor because he can barely run up and down. He just lumbers. You talk about someone that lumbers. Just watch Jack Salt run. They're going to pull him out, and they're going to have though. Hall, Hunter, Jerome, Guy, Wilkins at the five. Hall, and Hunter, you talk about a modern basketball team. Those are four dudes that can wet threes and one dude to get all the scrappy rebounds for them. Hall, Hunter, Jerome, Guy. They have some great names. Yeah. Virginia's a fun team. That's That's... There's Tony Bennett, names. good for you. Yeah, we we slept on Virginia. We'll 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 make it up. The Virginia fans don't care. Like we'll just pay just, homage. Just, just just all you gotta do is Not say a like sponsored segment. All you, all you gotta do is just say we slept on Virginia, and Virginia fans are like, oh yes, thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate. Oh, yes. yes, yes, thank you. Finally, finally, but, we get some respect in the media. But don't they, bring up Shamanai. They love. Yeah. <laughs> just don't do it. They they love that. Yeah, Virginia fans just dying. Shout out to you guys, Virginia fans. Um, love you guys. Uh, <laughs> I have here also Ukraine Maker is actually Kansas's best player. Another another little thing of like a little punchline. I'm gonna have to carrying. apologize because yeah. I, I said We've some really bad things about Sveen Makai Luke over the he years. He might actually be their best player, mm-hmm. and if he's not their best player, he's certainly the X factor. Like you can't. I don't think Kansas can win a big game if he doesn't play well, which is a lot more than I expected out of his career. And Devontae Graham, let's just say, being the number one guy, it's really hurt him. Like they, they put a lot of focus on teams trying to trap him and like double team him and try to keep him from scoring. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. I'm hoping that Svee t- starts taking that or he's number one on the scouting so, report. So who's the best team in Kansas then? Oh, my God. Kansas <laughs> by a long shot. And you know what? Wichita State's on Tier 3. <laughs> Seth Greenberg. Wichita State was in the Big 12. Seth Greenberg has them at Tier 3.5. Yeah, they're on the Oklahoma State tier. Dash. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Georgia Dome imploded. Mm-hmm. They took down the Georgia Dome. That's Great nowhere memories. that... I have mixed feelings because Georgia Dome hosted three Final Fours. Yeah. It hosted the 0-2 Final Four, which was my favorite Indiana team. For those of you who don't know my backstory, I grew up in Indiana. I grew up an Indiana Hoosiers fan. Um, so at that time in 2002. You have a Hoosier sweater I'm actually on right wearing now. A Look, I have an Air Jordan shirt on. You have a Hoosier yeah, sweater. We're really buying into ourselves. Uh, so 2002, I was in eighth grade. That was my favorite Indiana team ever with Tom Coverdale. It was basically Jared Jeffries and four unknown white dudes mm-hmm. in the starting lineup, and they beat Duke on then on the run to the final game, um, and they lost to Maryland in the Georgia Dome. And then Ron Dixon, Steve Blake, Chris Wilcox. So like on the one hand, it's like oh, my favorite. Team. It's my favorite IU team played there. Like they made the Final Four there. That's cool. But uh, they also lost the national title game. 2007, and then I went to Ohio State. Walked onto the basketball team. 2007, I was a freshman. We went to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. We went to the National Championship. We lost in the National Championship in the Georgia Dome. So my favorite Indiana team, my favorite Ohio State team, both lost national titles there. 
And then the other Final Four they hosted was Michigan losing to Louisville. Which, which is was, another Big Ten team. Which actually, I was okay So basically, that. this is really tough for the Big Ten. They, they're probably a fan of the Georgia Dome going when, down right now. When Trey Burke had a block shot on Peyton Sebo with like five minutes left and Michigan was down like six or whatever. I don't even remember what the scenario was. And then they called it a foul. And then Michigan fans were like, well, shit, we would have won the game. Everyone knows we would have won the game. We would have totally won that, but they called the foul. And that's what... Not the fact that like Louisville outplayed them for the entire game. That's not what cost them the and, national And let's title. be honest, if they won the game, the, the title would have been taken later and vacated by the NCAA for some reason, because that's just Michigan basketball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just kidding, Michigan. That's, well, the, the Louisville... Literally, literally, yeah. literally yeah, happened yeah, to Louisville. It happened to Louisville. So. Yeah, they would, have, they would have vacated it because Mitch McGarry smoked weed. Or was yeah. that the last... That was the next year. That was the next year. That Mitch, I think well, Mitch he McGarry... Get to play, yeah. He, he sat out, and yeah. then he dressed... He dressed like one game just for like to get the team morale high, and because he dressed, he got drug tested. Mm-hmm. He failed the drug test, and then he was like, oh, "I don't know how that happened." Like I think what happened was I went to this party, <laughs> and someone had weed. It was I, secondhand weed. Smoke. And like they said, "Do you want to try this?" And I was like, oh, "Yeah, I've never tried weed before. I'll try mm-hmm. it." And then I tried it. I think and he was, called like, it one grass. Time. Yeah, I tried three marijuanas on that night. And <laughs> And I guess that was one too many. They got me. Um, Puff the magic so yeah, yeah. The, uh, Georgia Dome also the, the the really cool thing about the Georgia Dome. Mm-hmm. Do you remember in 2008 when they hosted the SEC tournament and the they had the SEC tournament in the Georgia Dome? I didn't remember. Like, you were like you, yeah. four years old. What are you talking about? I I watched this game, but I really thought it was the Trey Tompkins, Travis Leslie, Travis Leslie Georgia team. They're the only team I really remember that well. But then you pulled it up and was like, none of those guys were on this yeah. team. The Georgia the Georgia Bulldogs enter the SEC tournament with a 13 and 16 record mm-hmm. in 2008. There, uh, there's four games on this day uh, in the Georgia Dome for the SEC tournament. Georgia's playing Kentucky in the final game of the day. During game three, a tornado hits. They postpone game four. Billy Gillespie, Kentucky team, by the way. The Georgia Dome was damaged by the tor- tornado, so they have to move it to Georgia Tech's arena, the Russell Athletic Arena, or whatever they call it. Um, they just changed the name. I can't remember the yeah. new name, but whatever. Uh, Georgia then goes on to beat Kentucky. They won two games, I think, because they had to play like Kentucky in the morning for the postponed game, and then they played like later that night for the next round. Mm-hmm. And they go on to win the SEC tournament, make the NCAA tournament with like a 500 record, and they got a 14 seed, and then lost like the first game to Xavier, I think. But anyway, it was like a fun story. Yeah. It's a great story. My one Georgia Dome story is I went 2010 North Carolina, the football team, the NCAA had just come to campus. They had basically told Butch Davis that all these players were going to have to sit out. They sat out all those players. They were down 31 to 10. We were, we were contemplating going home, North Carolina was, in this yeah. football game against LSU. Patrick Peterson ran back two kicks. It was like, we should just leave. But we are like, I believe in TJ Yates. I believe in that quarterback. That, that, that guy's a winner, I think. Yeah. We come back, all the way back, a chance to win the game. Touchdown pass to Zach Pianalto. First one, drops, goes through his hands. It's like, oh, it's all right, it's just third down. Now we're at fourth down, 10 seconds left in the game. It's right now, 24-30, we could win the game. Extra point would win the game, 31-30. Pianalto right through his hands again. North Carolina loses. That was, it was awesome. a devastating game. Thank you for telling that story. Everybody that's listening to this after eating Thanksgiving can now like <laughs> is, is falling asleep. They're Blame knocked Zach out. Zach Pianalto. Everybody, everybody tunes into One Shining Podcast to hear North Carolina football talk. It Dude, was the only North Carolina that. football game I right. ever really cared right. about. Uh, do you want, do you want to even talk about Trump and Lavar Ball? No, let's not. Let's not even. Trump and Lavar Ball are tweeting at each other. No one really. Let's cares. bring it up to say we acknowledge it happened. Yes, that's. I don't, and we I also just, acknowledge that Steve Alford has let LeVar Ball become the face of UCLA basketball. And he's yeah. going to have to deal with that. That's what it is. He sold a soul. He sold a soul yeah. to the Ball family. And like it was cool for Lonzo. I think that was a good decision. But for LeAngelo it's, and LaMelo, yeah. maybe. 
Yeah. It's like the Plumley deal, you know? Yeah. But we didn't, like, I never saw Plumley's dad or Plumley's mom or something. You you're, know? Say, you're saying Coach K sold a soul to the Plumley family in the same way that Steve offered a soul to soul to the Ball family. But just the, they're like the same situation. Basically. basically. <laughs> Pretty much. And I like it because it's not. I like it. Let's just go with it. I like it. Let's just go with it. Uh, and then the last thing, um, you brought this up to me, and I thought it was funny. I thought we should say it. Holy, Holy Cross, our our boss, Bill Simmons, <laughs> who is a Holy Cross alum, uh, they are number one on Kim Palm and on the luck rating. Luck. They're like the luckiest. Mm-hmm. According to Kim Palm, Holy Cross is the luckiest team in college basketball. I just think that's funny. Because that's hilarious. Bob Cousy's, Bob Cousy's nightmare, basically. I was point. talking to Simmons, by the way, the other day about college basketball, and we got talking about Holy Cross because, of course, and I, I asked him uh, how many national – I was like, I was just trying to like – the only thing I know about Holy Cross is they won one title with Bob Cousy. Was it, 19- was it, was it even with Bob Cousy? Yeah, yeah I think it was. it was with Cousy. Yeah, 1947. 1947, yeah. That's the only thing I know. That's the only thing anybody knows. Who cares? So I, I was like, hey, yeah, you know, like, when when did they win that title again? And he goes, well, they won it in 1947, but they also won the NIT in 1950. And he did the thing where he was like, back then, the NIT mattered a little bit more than NCAA. So actually, they've kind of won two national titles. That's an old guy move. That, that was the elitist argument for all those schools that are like all the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Ivy League schools and all those like original private institutions. You were doing that with Carolina, though. Like you were you were counting their 1926 title. 1924 national championship. Go check it out. Go that, look it when, up. When did they win the 24 national title? Like they won it. I think they won it in 1989 when the committee got together and was like retroactively dishing them out. Well, because they were just like, who was the best team in basketball at the right. time? And it was like, there was no question. You can't win a national title 60 no years question. after it happens. <laughs> <You> <laughs> look, they looked at the Stats, they looked at the teams. What do you want from us? You can't be a we team. We just take the take the no, W's. You can't win a national title when half your team is dead. I'm putting that rule in. It's impossible. You can't do it. Come at us. You can't possibly do it. Um, seven titles. So yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. I think we covered everything. There wasn't. There was. There's some stuff in college basketball that we hit that from the last podcast. But I'd uh, watch out, Chris Collins. Huge, huge week coming up. The the tournaments, the feast week, the Atlantis. We have a potential. Villanova versus Arizona game on Friday. I'm very excited about that. I'm so excited that it's probably not going to happen. Purdue's going to upset somebody. I forget who, what side of the bracket Purdue's on. I think they're on Villanova's side. Purdue's probably going to blow. Well, they got Although, Tennessee, like, Tennessee's tough. Purdue, Arizona would actually be all right. I'd be mm-hmm. fine with that. Same. Either way, but Atlantis is going to be awesome. The PK-80 is going to be awesome. Phil Knight is just going to be beaming from ear to ear that Bull Bull is coming to Eugene. I hope Bull Bull's there. Are you nervous about Carolina? They're In about the to tournament. get exposed. Like, first of all, they so they play, play either tonight. Oklahoma or Arkansas after oh, they beat let's Portland. Let's pump the brakes. First of all, they play Stanford tonight. Reed Travis is going to do work on them. Uh, secondly, they've got to go to the PK-80. Like, Are you worried that they're about to get exposed? Here's the spin zone. Roy Williams is playing Jared Haas, the coach of Stanford right now. Jared Haas, actually, should say. And uh, everyone calls him Haas, but his name is Haas uh, in, the, in the media, and it, it messes me oh, up. Really? It's like the Calipari-Calipari thing. It's like, stop doing this to me. Uh, but yeah, I think Roy might give him throw him a bone just so he has like a nice signature win to start his... Because he, want, he wants to... Coaching tree has to grow. You know, that's how you become a great coach. Yeah. Like If you look at Herb Sindek's coaching tree, holy He's got hell. a great... You know, like he's got too good of a coaching tree. Yeah, and like Kay just like puts all of his coaches at private schools and runs the same thing. It's a sham. Uh, so Roy's trying to get his guys out there to get a big win. So maybe he throws this game. I'd watch out for that. How 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 long does a coaching tree extend? Like, so uh, you're saying Herb Sindek made me think of my coach Thad Mata. Mm-hmm. My love him. Uh, so he got his start under Sindek. He's part of the coaching tree, but he himself has a coaching tree that includes Brad Stevens. So the question becomes, is Brad Stevens in the Herb Sindek coaching tree? And does 
And who who was Herb Sendak descended from? This it's, is all very it's like confusing. Your, it's like your coach third removed. Yeah. Like that's how you have to do it. You have to do the removal game and like I don't want to go to lendingtree.com or ancestry.com or whatever. You know how it do. works is like if if the guy is good, if the <laughs> guy is tree. if the guy <laughs> lendingtree.com. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they do. If the guy is a good coach, you count him in your tree and if he's not so much you're like yeah yeah, yeah we don't, we don't. He wasn't. I didn't. I don't just throw him to the game. side. I will say this: Thad Mata, he should go coach NC State. I we just thought get, it made me think about that. Pack pride. Send in your post. We gotta get that on the pod and just see what he's up to. He's he's living he's living his that's, best life that's, right now. We'll that's what we need. Out. Uh oh, let's do what people don't forget okay. to wrap it up because yeah. we're gonna be Last gone for a while. Here, and this yep. is kind of a big deal. Fuck you, man. Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. People don't forget. People don't forget. And folks, I will apologize and I will say, I take full blame for this. We were talking about, I don't even remember how this came up. We were talking about the Pistons. I think, first of all, Chauncey Billups was at Duke this week. My God, I'm out. Chauncey Billups, bye. See you later. I remember how it came up. I was I was talking about DeAndre Ayton going number one. What are the chances he goes number one? Then I brought up Don, Don, Donkic, Donchich? Luka Donkic. Don't. See, like, I know Luka Doncic, whatever. Anyways, we and come... Then, and then it got... Yeah, then go ahead. We come up, and we're talking about the Pistons, and I'm talking about a, a team that would pull in a guy. And I was talking about Darko Milicic, but I said <laughs> Bargnani, basically. And let's just be honest. I get both those guys confused a lot of the time because they're the same to me. They made no impact on my life. And especially <laughs> Bargnani made no impact on my life at all. But I, it just in my mind, it's like a European that's not very good, that didn't do anything in the NBA. Throw it out there. But Darko wins the title with the Pistons. He comes in. Yeah, he's see, their top pick. And, like, I got confused with Milicic and Bargnani. I just threw them together. Milicic won a title, and then he left the NBA, and everyone thinks he's so great because he did that. He's not. He's not. Tayshaun Prince dude, is great. Rasheed Wallace is great. Chauncey Billups used to be great. So you're digging yourself a bigger hole here. First of all, nobody thinks Darko's great. Don't they? No. Okay, I hope not. No, Darko. I, I had Darko. a lot of people be like, "Oh my God, Darko!" <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. So what happened? Tate got Darko and Barnati confused. Uh, when Tate talks, I paid zero attention. That's how this podcast works. I'm gonna. He just writes it you, all down. I'm gonna let you peek like behind Van the curtain. For, every time Tate talks, I'm just like staring into his at his face, just like, <laughs> "When are you going to stop talking so I can say what I need to say?" Because I have more important things to say than you. Someone do, do a percentage breakdown. So when he was talking about Barnati, uh, I was I was thinking like, this sounds very familiar. This sounds like a story I know. And mm-hmm. then come to find out, you actually met Darko. Um, and yeah, nobody loves Darko. The, the only but people then, that love Darko are the free Darko people who invented sports writing in like 2006 or and whatever I, it is. And they like claim literally, they, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Right. Like, I don't. Right. I don't. Because you're again. We should reiterate. You're like 12 years old. No, and, I, <laughs> I play basketball. You play basketball. If you play basketball, you don't read at home. You uh, play sports. Yeah, so we got Darko mixed up, but it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I'm sorry. People forget. Also, oh, let's revisit my uh, my LA story. If you didn't, if you didn't hear my story, and go back and listen to the podcast. At the very end, I told a story about moving out here and getting swindled, uh, going out to dinner. Mm. Someone told me the move is you you have to ask for a separate checks instead of splitting the bill. Mm-hmm. That's the vernacular you have to use. Mm-hmm. So if you say I want the bill split, everyone's going to do it evenly. Or like, let's. You have to say, I specifically want separate checks. And apparently, there's like a thing in LA where like the waitresses do not want to swipe 
more than one card or else like the machine catches on fire apparently like i don't know why you can't swipe more than one card i don't know why you can't have multiple checks well, it's a syndrome called affluenza and a lot of people in la deal with that because they think that everyone that they're at a dinner with or a brunch with or whatever they're well off they're enough. also rich yeah they're well off enough to they pay didn't, for it they like think you, that, you yeah. don't care like to them but i've learned my lesson yeah someone someone suggested i just go to an atm take out cash and then if someone tries to do that i just pull out cash and i drop it you know what i I was watching. I'm pretty Curb. sure you gave me cash yesterday. I was. Wa- By the way, I was watching Curb. Yeah, I know. I did that to you. <laughs> I was watching Curb last night, uh, and there was a scene like they were. Did you watch Curb? I'm no, not going to spoil it, not. but there, it doesn't. Was really it matter. the season finale? There's, it, this part doesn't matter. There, so they're at dinner, and and someone gets up and like just has to like leave for a reason, and he just he pulls out a bunch of cash and just kind of pulls it out and just slaps it on the table and leaves, and that is like. That looks so awesome, and I wanted. I, you know, first of all, move. first of all, it saves me money. Secondly, it's a baller move. It's like here, you guys sort it out. That's more than and enough. It, and to it looks my like part. more money because on a card, you don't think about it as the actual yeah. cash. You just think about you signing something. But when you see like sixty dollars, three twenties, you're like, damn. If dude. on this night I would have pulled out a hundred dollar mm. bill and just threw it on the table and said later, bitches, and walked out, that would. Whew, whew. Instead, I was like crying. As I was, <laughs> instead of doing the baller move, I was over in the corner like Secretly crying. asking the waitress yeah. for lobster mashed potatoes please, to go. Yeah. Yeah. Please dig those out of the trash. Uh, so that is the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we we got a little we had a little fun today. We're, it's Thanksgiving. We're, We're excited. Loose. We're excited. Uh, from our family to yours, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. We hope you watch a lot of basketball this week, like we're going to. Um, Tate's going back to North Carolina. I'll be in, I'll be in LA working, but that's okay. Keep he's working he's, because you're you've that's the whole point. You've become Hollywood. You don't work. I'm a worker. I'm, I'm going I'm home. The I gotta guy. get out of here. I'm a go solid earth guy, world. working my fingers to the bone. I'll be here. Um, yeah, but if you want you want to holler at us, I'm at Club Trillion at at Tate Frazier. Do you use other social media by the way? I notice every time I say like hit us up on social media, I just say Twitter because that's all I use. I mean, I'm on Instagram, but like I don't know. I am too, but I don't really <laughs> I don't really use Instagram. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is that like is that is that normal? Do people most people just kind of gravitate to one social media, or you do the whole thing? I don't. I found that like as I've gotten older, I've just like deleted Facebook. I've tried like the other ones. I think I might still have a Google Plus account open. I I have like (laughs) I delete Snapchat. I don't use Snapchat. Yeah, I I, I just got uh, Instagram because I was told by Mm. one of my bosses that I need to have one. But you know, I don't know those millennials. Those millennials. (laughs) millennials. (laughs) Those young kids. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We are One Shining Podcast, and uh, that's the podcast. Happy Turkey Day. Save the crew.